Captain Forbes, thank you so much for taking your time to, to be with us today, sir. Um, it's been a while since I think it was two semesters ago that I had you for what we call techie stats, um, the stats offered to like technical majors. Um, but for those who haven't had you in class, could you kind of give us a, a background of what you do here um, in the math department? Sure, yeah, thank you, Nino. Uh, so my name is Captain Jake Forbes. I'm a math instructor. I teach Math 356, which is our, our probability and stats class for techie majors. Mm -hmm. I graduated here in 2013 and went straight to AFIT to get my master's. Um, I went to Barksdale for my first assignment after that. I'm an ops research analyst. Mm -hmm. So I did ops research analysis for Global Strike Command. And then for six months while I was there, I deployed to LUD and did ops analysis at the KOP. And then after my assignment at Barksdale, I came back here and I've been teaching here for just over two years now. Nice. And so was your, your degree at AFIT was the OR degree that in, in operations? That's now? right. I did ops research here and then I went and got my master's in ops research at AFIT. Gotcha. Nice. And then what made you want to come back to the, to the academy as a math instructor? Um, well, there are a few reasons. Um, one, the prospect of teaching and being an instructor was right. really exciting to me. That wasn't something I was sure about coming out of here. I didn't apply for the GSP scholarships, but there are opportunities to apply just as a, what they call a direct hire. And mm -hmm. um, I did that. I, so it was the teaching. Um, it was the hope of eventually going on to get a PhD. And this is a good place to come if you want to eventually go and do that. Um, I love Colorado Springs. My wife is from here, her parents are here, and we have a daughter, so it's great being next to grandparents. So there's just a lot of reasons, and we love being here. Right, awesome. Um, so we spoke with Captain Hill last week, as you know, um, another math instructor. Um, and I'd like to encourage anyone who hasn't um, heard our conversation with Captain Hill, listen to that, because I think he's got some really valuable insight um, but he talked about um, really tough decision to own his mistake of lying on his in-processing form, um, knowing very well that admitting a mistake might lead to um, disenrollment or at least presumptive disenrollment. Um, so, sir, I know that you offered a very um, impactful story to me during stats class, and I was wondering if you might be able to share that story with the cadets listening. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So I mentioned I graduated here in 2013. Uh, I should probably start my story though back in high school. Uh, I think this will be familiar to a lot of cadets. Um, when I was in high school, I went to a large high school and cheating was just a very normal thing. And it wasn't really whether or not people cheated. It was kind of where on the spectrum you fell in terms of how much you cheated. At least that's how I judged myself, right? So. Mm -hmm. I wasn't one of the people who was going to be taking pictures of the test and passing it around. I just cheated by, you know, like copying answers on homework, you know, on smaller things. Um, occasionally I would ask for help on, you know, if someone took a test before me, what kinds of things should I study for? So I saw this, I saw it as a spectrum and I was on the, the better end of the spectrum, but I justified myself, you know, in that way. But I definitely cheated a lot in high school is what it comes down to. I mean, by any definition of the term cheating, I definitely cheated a lot. 
And then when I came here, summer of 2009, I mean, it was made really clear in basic training. You know, if you get an alcohol hit, that's a big deal. You know, there are other kind of mistakes you can make, but honor probation, like that is, that's like the worst. You the do biggest. not, that is, that's the biggest thing here. You do not want to, you do not want to violate the honor code. And that came through loud and clear. And just honestly, in my arrogance, I, I never saw myself as someone who could violate the honor code. Like, of course, I'm not that kind of person who would violate the honor code. That's for the people who are really bad and well, violate the course. honor code. And right? I'm not, and, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I just never saw myself as someone who would do that, even though my past behavior, I mean, I'd given every indication that that's the kind of person that I was. Mm -hmm. And the first time I remember encountering a decision, you know, explicitly about honor, and I had a choice, was for a knowledge test. This would have been the fall of 2009. And as a freshman then, our, our knowledge tests were in person, and we did them Monday mornings before class started. And um, hopefully the hypocrisy here will come through loud and clear, but I actually was able to not take them at the same time as everyone else because I was involved with a, with a squadron Bible study mm -hmm. on Monday mornings. And my training officer being very understanding allowed those of us who were a part of clubs or those kinds of things to take them in the afternoon. And he very much had a trusting attitude. He allowed us to take the test into our room. He didn't like, you know, stand behind us and watch us the whole time. He just had us all start at the same time. He would kind of walk around a little bit, but for the most part, he trusted us. Well, I had at my desk, um, I had, you know, as a true nerd, my staff list pinned like on the little board right <laughs> in front of me to kind of help me study throughout the week. And the first time I made up a knowledge test, I, I don't think I, it was a conscious decision the first time, but I, there was definitely a moment at the beginning of the test where I looked up and I was like, oh, my staff list there. So I could. I could totally just look at it and fill in the answers off of that. Mm. And I do remember making the choice, I, I'm going to leave that there. And I, I've used my staff list and used that to help finish the knowledge test. And I continued to, to do that. I don't know how many times, but from that time for the rest of the semester. So that was the first time I remember, you know, having a decision. And, and at that point, I definitely still rationalized as this is a knowledge test. It's only on the staff list portion that I'm, I'm doing this. And I, I still, I probably deceived myself at that point of thinking, like, I'm not really someone who violates the honor code here. Like, I'm not one of those people who deserves to get kicked out. Uh, when I was a sophomore, fall, fall semester of my sophomore year, um, I remember being in my physics 215 class, and I can I can take go back to the same lecture hall that we were in. I remember where it was, and I remember on one of our DRs, sitting next to my friend Kyle, and I was actually doing pretty well in this class, but I really wanted to validate the final. And again, I hope you can sense some of the irony and stupidity coming through here. Like, there's just no need to cheat. But there was a question, a multiple choice question that I knew that I knew the answer and I just couldn't remember in that moment. Right. And, you know, so I felt justified, like there's probably people here who didn't study this. I did. I just can't remember the answer in this moment. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking to my right at my buddy's test and, and his test was exposed and I could see his answer to that multiple choice question. And I changed my answer to his and I got that question correct as a result of cheating on that, that GR. 
And then the third time that I, I did something that I remember, this was, in my opinion, the worst one. I mean, they're all, they're all bad, but there was a time um, in MSS, my military strategic studies core class where we had an essay due and I procrastinated until the night before to even begin writing this thing the night before it was due. And I, I got a phone call from my mom in the middle, like when I had just started, probably like 6 p.m. the night before it's due, like just very, you know, stereotypical procrastinating cadet. Yeah. I should be careful. There are some who actually don't procrastinate, <laughs> by the way. And I, I've learned that too, that there's some incredible hardworking, that was part of my arrogance was assuming everyone was like me too. Mm -hmm. I mean, there really are people who don't cheat and they work really hard. But in my mind, I was just a normal procrastinating cadet, right? And my mom called me and we had a pretty difficult family situation, like pretty difficult family phone call. We probably talked for an hour and um, I was I was disappointed as a result of that conversation. Um, but but I know I knew like completely clearly that that I could continue writing my essay. But I leveraged that situation. Um, to lie to my instructor and I emailed him and said, hey, sir, I have a very serious family situation. Can I please have an extension on my paper? And it just wasn't true. I, I just, it, it was an inconvenient situation where I had put myself in a bad situation. Um, I didn't really have a serious family thing going on. It was just a, it was a tough call with my mom. And um, I manipulated my instructor and his, you know, like good grace and caring about me to give me an extension that I didn't deserve. And those were, you know, three things that this is now like 15 months worth of becoming more and more comfortable doing things that are clearly violations of our honor code here and getting better and better at justifying them. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful that there was this amazing senior in my squadron who, who made a really bold and courageous choice that really jarred me into, you know, like making sense of what I had done up to this point. And it was a senior who he had cheated on a knowledge test when he was a freshman. I don't, I don't know the specifics. I don't know how he cheated, but he self-reported as a first semester senior for that honor violation. And, and to be clear, when I say self-report, it means it wasn't that there was some investigation that found him as a potential culprit or something and he admitted to it. I mean, just out of his, completely out of his own accord, he self-reported just to clear his conscience. Right. He never would have been found out and not to undermine the value of knowledge tests, but it was a knowledge test. It wasn't like a final exam. So you can imagine how most people would probably just leave that be and not bring it up. But he really did not want to leave here with that on his conscience. And um, he you know, explained his decision to the squadron and it just had such a huge impact on me and being confronted with such a you know, powerful right decision, it just, it, it made it impossible for me to deny all the things I had done. There was just something about that experience and hearing him share and seeing even the joy with which he was sharing his mistake. I mean, he was just so happy to be getting this off of his shoulders. It really made me realize how much of a burden it was on me, like all these mistakes that I had made and lying to my MSS instructor and getting a disadvantage or getting an advantage on my physics GR and cheating on my knowledge test. That um, over the next few days, I thought a lot about that and prayed a lot about it. and. 
Um, eventually, I, I remember walking outside one time late at night, and I just, I was like, I do not want this on my conscience anymore. And I just, the weight of all the mistakes I had made and how I had justified them just kind of crashed on me. And before I could change my mind, I, I went to my squadron honor officer, who was also a good guy. And I asked him and the senior that I really looked up to if I could talk to them. And I just I laid out everything that I've shared so far, everything that I had done. And uh, from there, I got to, you know, start the honor rehabilitation process. And mm -hmm. I'll stop there. If I, I know I've talked for a long time. So, so you're you know. a junior at this point? I was a first semester sophomore. So first this is the same sophomore. semester okay. that I had done those second two things. It was, was kind of the weight of it all weighing on your conscience like was it even before you had heard about the senior kind of self-reporting or was it not that just, kind of made you realize hey maybe i should do this yeah it was more of the latter so i i mean i definitely you know felt the guilt if i'd done but i had gotten really good at just kind of putting that away and just justifying it and not really seeing myself as one of those bad people who really violates the honor club which is just ridiculous in retrospect but it was really mm -hmm. You know we're very good at justifying ourselves when we need to and i was i was among the best of justifying myself yeah so a wise man once told me that uh <laughs> if you have to spend time justifying your actions you're probably not doing the right thing yeah and that's something that really hit home to me yeah and and it's like when we justify it's almost like we can convince ourselves that we were um like over time we can truly convince ourselves that we were in the right when yeah. we were committing um but you know a lot of the cadets who quote unquote get away with it um or perhaps go to a um a wing honor board get found not in violation a lot of times they're repeat offenders because like you talked right. about it's almost habitual right from and i mean it starts in high school with everyone because i don't know the statistic but it's like 97 percent Yep. Um, of yep. high school or Absolutely. something like that. Yep. Um, at least tolerate, right? Mm -hmm. um, so this is kind of a tough question, but um, would you have rather gotten caught your freshman year rather than made the mistakes like afterwards, such as like blind your MSS instructor or the physics multiple choice question? Yeah. Would you rather gotten caught in the beginning to kind of stop the bad habit or do you think it was good to own it and admit your mistake? Um, I don't, I actually don't think I would have rather got caught in the beginning if, if it meant not getting to have that experience of seeing someone like this senior do the right thing. I mean, that was the impactful thing was, was just being confronted for me. I just needed that jarring experience of seeing someone else do the right thing. And I'm not confident knowing what I know about myself, that had I been caught as a freshman that I would have admitted to it, I might've dug mm -hmm. in my heels continued lying to myself that now I really haven't done everything I could to get out of it. And then I may not have, you know, even gotten to stay here. Right. Um, and that's one reason I'm so thankful for the senior because like you mentioned, you know, about repeat offenders, I, I have every reason to believe I would have continued doing things against the honor code and continuing to justify it. And, and either way, I, I would have either been caught and faced a, a difficult situation where, I, you know, the, the fight or flight instinct would come up and I'd risk, you know, lying about it even more and then potentially getting kicked out or possibly even worse. I would have graduated from here having never dealt with it. And that to me is like the ultimate bad scenario is I can't imagine having graduated here 
and having that class ring and, and just leaving here forever knowing that my experience was, you know, invalid, basically, mm-hmm. that I had, I had cheated. And I was really fortunate that, um, you know, the senior did what he did in the same semester that I had done the two things in the academic sphere because I had an opportunity to go make those things right. So, right. you know, I went and talked to my MSS instructor. I went and talked to my physics instructor and we changed my grades appropriately and um and so i didn't you know i didn't finish that semester with the advantage that i had started to gain for myself and that was a big deal to be able to make that right mm-hmm. so yeah I, I can't imagine graduating from here having not had an opportunity to deal with those things right and it's actually something that captain hill mentioned is that a lot of people don't know that like people will graduate and send their class rings back yeah. and that was like a crazy fact for me, because that's yep. just something I'd never even heard of. Yeah. Um, so what would you kind of say to cadets, um, maybe upperclassmen, or I mean, in your case, you were a sophomore, but who have something weighing on their conscience, um, but may not have like the courage or strength to admit it? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a few things I can think of. The first is just to reiterate what we've already said, where just imagine yourself, you know, 10 years from now, the best you can, what it would feel like to know that you've gone through the Air Force Academy having cheated or, or done something like that um, and having no opportunity then to go fix it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. once you graduate, then it's done. Um, and that's just not something you want to live with for the rest of your life. I, I can testify to just how, I mean, immediately, the moment I talked to my honor officer and the senior that I looked up to, it's just like instantly life was better. Uh, I had obviously some consequences for it and I had to, to go through those. Most of those were genuinely enriching experiences in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. I still actually have my notes from one of the books that I read during honor rehabilitation and I, I still reference it. It's been helpful even in marriage. Um, it's called the one minute apology, but that's, that one. that's good. Yeah, that's a good it one. is a good they one. They still use it. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, that's not the main point, but the, the main point is just that the fear associated with the consequences one might face with the honor process, just in my mind pales in comparison to for the rest of your life, knowing that you kind of had an invalid experience at the Air Force Academy. Um, and like I said, I'm just so glad that the senior essentially rescued me from that happening. I mean, he just kind of forced me to do the right thing just by his own example. Um, the other is that people are still going to care about you and still going to value as a human being. You're not instantly going to be like a subhuman person if you are found out to have been an honor violator, right? I think I think there is that stigma that it's like you almost become a second-class citizen, and that's just not true. You know, in fact, my relationships with other people instantly improved. You just you're not hiding things from people. You just feel more open as a person. And um, I'm not saying everything will be rosy. You may have some serious consequences, but especially if you you know admit or self-report. Um, your quality of life will almost certainly improve in a lot of ways. You're just going to feel better about life. And, um, you know, the, the third thing, which is hopefully obvious, but it just is good to do the right thing. (laughs) Not, not to be, not to be too like stereotypical here on honor podcast, but that 
like we do want to be people who do the right thing right, right? so it felt really it felt wonderful to be able to make sure that my grade was low where it should have been low and not I, I just I, I was so much happier to have my transcript change a little bit than to always know like I might have I might have forced someone else because of how they move grade lines to have a lower grade when they deserved a higher one. You know, I just, that's not something that I have on my conscience anymore. So, so yeah. And um, for me, if it hadn't, it, it wasn't because of anything in me that I ended up deciding to do this. It was, it was almost entirely because of the senior that I looked up to. And sometimes it helps to talk to someone else. And so, you know, if you're thinking through this, you know, I encourage you to talk to someone who you look up to, um, I know Captain Hill and, and myself, we would be happy to talk to you about anything. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sure there are other cats who would be happy to talk to you about it. So don't try to make that decision alone either if you don't feel comfortable with it. Right. And um, just to your second point there about, you know, how your perspective didn't really change. And I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but from what you've said, it almost seems like, I mean, you thought so much higher of that senior for admitting his mistake and self-reporting. And, you know, I was just thinking of the, what would have happened if he had gotten caught, you know, as a senior, perhaps, um, how your perspective of him would have changed, right? I think it would have been much more negative than it was positive. And I'm, and I'm sure that people who knew you viewed it very positively that you um, admitted your mistake and they almost were able to trust you more now that, you know, that they knew you were someone who kind of owned it. But. Yeah, that that was my experience. I, I don't know about looking up to me more, but I mean, it's just literally true that at that point I was a more trustworthy person than right. I had been before. Mm -hmm. And I, I had prior to that, you know, lied about things. And that definitely carries over into personal life too. I mean, if you're more comfortable cheating on a test, you're gonna be more comfortable lying for convenience to your friends about who knows what and, um, you know, I, I started, it wasn't like a, a light switch thing. I still had character development to go through, but um, I started noticing even in my personal relationships, just being a more honest person and right. that definitely improved relationships. So I want to go back to something you said uh, kind of towards the beginning of how you kind of had that perspective of I'm not that guy. And I definitely had the exact same perspective, like going through basic, they made such a such a big emphasis on the honor code and how it's important to be a man or woman of integrity. And I was like, I'm not that guy to violate the honor code. And I remember a, a conversation we had had as duallys, right? We we're all in one room and someone had brought up like the, the idea that I wonder who's going to be the first person to go, who's going to be the first person to get on probation. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, and I said, I'm going to be the first person I can guarantee it. Cause I, I knew I was that guy, but I was denying it. I was justifying it. And it was the same thing. And everybody's like, nah, it's not going to be you. Three months later, I was on honor probation wow. and it was me. And, and I want to caution people to, to avoid that narrative of trying to convince yourself that you're not that guy. And kind of going off that, I'd just like to touch on the fact that I feel like throughout high school, and I can say this with a clear conscience that I never cheated for myself. And that like throughout, throughout that, it was, trying to help other people and it may be helping them like in the moment uh, but in fact in the long run you're I was doing more harm than good and I think that's a something that's really important to note uh, so sir I also wanted to uh, to uh, ask you another question about admitting a mistake uh -huh. and, and sometimes you admit mistakes and people are like you never would have got caught like you they never would have found it out why did you do it right so how do you talk to those people and say, 
you know, this is why, this is why I did it. This is why uh, you should admit to your mistakes and not just keep covering them up. Like, how do you address that when everybody, almost the culture says you never would have got caught, you never should have done anything? Sure. Well, I mean, implied in the question is that one should only admit to something if there's a chance you could get caught. And, um, you know, what my the senior in my squadron showed me, and, and from my own experience, hopefully what's coming through is that that should not be the only reason that someone admits to something is because you're going to get caught. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it is always it is typically practically better to admit, right? But the ultimate reason should be, uh, you know, to make things right and and to just the 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 benefit and joy that comes to me with having a clear conscience. Like right. I'm I'm very okay. I, I'm hoping it's coming through clear. Like self interest really is a big part of this. It's I actually think it's more in your self interest for your well being to just have a clear conscience. Mm-hmm. So there, it's both the doing right thing and you just don't want to carry for the rest of your life um, these mistakes without having an, had an opportunity to get you know things squared away. And the more you, you know, the longer you continue to make poor choices in terms of, you know, integrity issues, the more comfortable you'll be continuing to do those things at deeper and deeper levels. And the more stress that's going to bring on you later in life. Um, for me, when I, when I self-reported for the, the three mistakes I had made, it wasn't just the clear conscious that came from coming clean with those things, but I also started a longer, slower process of reforming the kind of person I was. And I'd always told myself I'm not that guy, but it was clear I was, and I started becoming the person I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And that's also made life just more enjoyable, you know? Yeah. And I think too often, and especially nowadays, we're more concerned about how people perceive us and we don't give as much thought to like you said, who we want to be and like who we view ourselves as we're rather like we're trying to view ourselves in the light of someone else. Like, Oh, how did they, how did they see me? Sure. But I think we really need to kind of take ownership and say, Hey, who do I want to be? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, well, okay. That was kind of a a heavy conversation. So sorry for putting me on the spot for so long. No, it's all right. Um, Kind of off topic. Do you have any plans upcoming for the weekend or anything like that? <laughs> plans for the weekend? Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> just to deload the the conversation. Yeah. Wow. Sure. I mean, my my dad is uh, an army reserve officer. Mm-hmm. So as a day job, he's an audiologist. But he happens to be um, he lives in Houston right now. It's where I grew up. But he happens to be in Fort Carson doing an exercise. So. Um, he's not able to come off base, but I'm hoping this weekend that, you know, me and my wife and my daughter, we can go visit him on base. Pretty excited about that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like still being like almost active and like being able to have that bond. Yeah. My dad's, he's an amazing man. He's, he's, it's pretty cool what the kind of stuff that he gets to do still. So. Well, we definitely feel your dad's situation because we're not allowed to leave either. (laughs) That's all right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, okay, sir. Jack, you have no, sir. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is uh, great. Seriously, and I really do think that this is going to be um, extremely beneficial. I know that story gave me chills even hearing it the second time. So thank you, sir. Seriously. Yeah, yeah absolutely.